Welcome to a brand new episode of the All Hoops Podcast, your go-to home for all things basketball. I'm your host, Steve Inman, and I'm joined, as always, by the great producer to the stars with the silky voice, the fantastic Chris Brito. The NBA draft is in the books. We'll discuss what we liked, what we didn't, and then we'll preview NBA free agency, which is just around the corner. Before we get to all that, Chris, my friend, how are you? Hey, Stevie. You know, happy to be on another episode of the All Hoops podcast, talking about whether we like our Knicks picks or not. I'm, I was a little bit surprised about what our Knicks did the other night, but I'm okay with it. I like, I like Quentin Grimes. I love his upside. Um, I th- I, like, like most people, I looked at his highlights. I didn't, I didn't get to watch a lot of him in, as, a, as, a, as a Jayhawk, but I know you did. Yeah. So I'm wondering what you're thinking about him. Yeah, he's a guy who kind of does a little bit of everything well. I don't really see a skill where you're just like, that's why they took him. He could shoot really. He could shoot pretty well. That's probably his best skill. He's a pretty decent defender. I think he's a guy who could probably play right away. I don't really know what the upside is. You asked him before the show, like, can this guy be a starter for us pretty soon? I don't know the answer to that. But at the same time, I think they got a nice player. And anytime you could take a Jayhawk, I think you got to do it, right? You know, 25th. <laughs> And, you know, they, they moved down, they, they, uh, they went from 19 to, you know, 25, and they also wound up picking up a future first from Charlotte for, for Kai Jones. I didn't love it because there's just so many heavy protections on that pick that it remains to be seen when Charlotte's going to be good enough to ever get that pick to us. And when they do, that pick's going to be in the 20s, right? So I didn't love it, but at the same time, I don't know what I would have done differently, so I don't blame them because once the guys we talked about that we liked were off the board, there wasn't really a lot to do. I really thought Trey, Mur- uh, Trey Murphy was going to be a guy who would be there for the Knicks at 19. He was not. He was taking a couple picks earlier. You know, Moses Moody was a guy you started to get a little hope about when he fell to 14, but that didn't happen. And uh it just Chris Duarte, your guy, he went 13 to Indiana. You were wondering, is there a trade up there? And if the Knicks were offering 19 and 21 to basically everybody to move up to grab him. No one bought on that. So once that happens, they adjusted. And they Instead of trying to trade up, they tried to trade down. And I, I like how they were able to adjust. It's not something you see from Knicks previous franchise front offices before. So I think overall they did a solid job. It's just not something that's really exciting. Yeah, and frankly, it is at least it is a step in the right direction. And I think that has been the perhaps what this current leadership group has I, I can identify them for. Like they're not making mistakes. They are building slowly but surely with what they have. And, you know, we'll get into this in a little bit more, but I think they're going to probably bat some pretty big swings um, once free agency starts um, on Monday. Anyway, back to the draft. One really tantalizing skill, though, that Grimes has is his uh, 40% uh, you know, rate of making threes, right? Like, He did a great job with Houston last year. Um, And obviously Houston was one of the, you know, 
best best yeah. teams last year in the NCAA. I I I really like his game, and I'm hoping I'm hoping that he can really uh, play big minutes on this team. You know, who knows what the rest of this roster is going to look like? Um, and then in terms of the other picks, McBride seems interesting. Looks like you know he's a defensive minded uh, guard. I mean, you can never have enough of those, considering a lot of the best players in the league are guards. Um, we got some kid from Lithuania and uh, I believe a, a center as well. Uh, I didn't know about the center. Uh, was that a, I think that's what they did, like 56 or something, right? I, yeah. We, we turned it off by that point. We I mean, went home. <laughs> the, the, the thing is, it's like these are guys who are not going to contribute right away. And I'm excited for Grimes, considering that the summer league starts next Sunday. Yeah. It's so, going to be really good because especially because the kid you mentioned uh, who they took 34, you know, they're going to have him for summer league before he goes back to Barcelona to play the season. So we are going to get a look at him. You're going to get a look at, you know, all, you know, the kids we drafted last year who are going to get some more time. It's interesting to see how much improvement they quickly get this summer since we last saw him in June. Right. So Summer League is going to be a lot of fun. It seems like they have, there's more Knicks in this Summer League than ever before. So I am excited to see how these guys play. And, you know, as you said with Quinn Grimes, like we've seen guys go from the college three to the NBA three and struggle. We've seen other guys adjust to the distance, no problem. So I'm curious to see how that goes. Also, what is the deal with the Knicks in Lithuania? This is like our, our third guy that we've gotten from the country. Um, and I'm just, so some of the comps for, uh, Rokas Jacob, I'm probably gonna, I'm going to butcher this name, but it's Rokas Jacobatis. Okay. Um, he, he has a lot of comps to Jose Calderon. That sounds pretty, pretty good with a 34 you know, pick. I think kinda, like sort of unathletic, but can shoot the three pointer well and, you know, can, organize an offense and yeah. athletic but <laughs> well, I mean it sounds good to me the bottom line is it seems like they did get some rotation players I don't know how much of an impact these guys are going to have especially right away but it seems like they did do a decent job here let's move on to the rest of the NBA draft obviously there were some big twists and turns some big shocks and that's to me started at number four when the Toronto Raptors decided not to take Scotty uh not to take Jalen Suggs they took Scotty Barnes I was surprised, Chris. I just thought Suggs was a guy who's a future 20 points a game plus in the, in the league. And Barnes is a guy who already looks like a legit NBA defender. But I don't know where the offense is going to come from. And I think that's going to be something that the Raptors believe they can teach and he will grow. But I think we're all kind of – everyone's kind of just looking for the next Kawhi Leonard. And I think they overreached here a little bit to, to see if they could find one. You know, the, the beauty of Toronto that I think, you know, a team like kind of like the Spurs have, they kind of get the benefit of the doubt. Yes. Or we can talk about that in a little bit when they drafted some kid who was supposed to go in the late 20s with Primo. But anyway, with Toronto, I think I'm, I'm curious to see how they're going to use Scotty Barnes, right? Like they have some lengthy, some lengthy guys on that team and Scotty Barnes would just like add to that. So you know, it, it, it may be just be someone who they're looking at as someone who's going to face the, some of the better better long 
forwards slash centers in this league, right? Like, you know, like Giannis, like the LeBrons, like the, like the Kevin Durant's, like even in the same Eastern Conference, someone like Scotty Barnes will, will, will definitely find a, a, a niche there in terms of defender. In terms of biggest shock for me, Davion Mitchell going to the Sacramento Kings was the biggest head scratcher ever. At nine. At, at nine. Um, it just doesn't really make sense to me considering this team has many needs, granted. But the front court, I mean, sorry, the, um, the back court that they have, you know, they have De'Aaron Fox, they have Halliburton, they have Buddy Heald. When, where are you going to find minutes for Davion here? Well, it seems pretty clear that Buddy Heald is no longer in their plans, right? Like, this is a team that was ready to give him away to the Lakers for Kyle Kuzma and uh, Montrez Harrell's player option, right? So they seem ready to move on from Buddy. I would be very surprised if he started next season on the team. But it's still weird with Fox and Halliburton and Mitchell. But this team has been so bad for so long. And I still isn't, think they're in. Isn't Dylan Wright also on that team? I think they moved him in the Tristan Thompson deal the other day. Oh, okay. So he's gone. Um, I believe he went to Atlanta in that deal. I have to double check that. It was like an Atlanta Kings Boston trade where Tristan Thompson's now a king. But I just, I just think for them, they're still in talent acquisition mode. They have to get as much, many talented players as they can. We'll figure out the fit later. I've seen three guard lineups work to some success in the NBA. We saw it last with the Suns when they had Isaiah Thomas, Goran Dragic, and Eric Bledsoe. And that worked pretty good for about a year until all three of them basically said, I hate it here, get me out. <laughs> so I, I, if, the, if the Kings can become that mid-40s win team like that Suns team did, I think they're going to be thrilled because that's been two decades since they've seen that. Yeah, no doubt. And, and we'll see what happens with um... – with, with Buddy, and I think the Knicks should obviously be suitors. You could definitely use a guy you can shoot. It doesn't seem like he'll cost anything either, Chris. Like, you could probably get yeah. him for nothing. Yeah, and the Knicks are in one of the most peculiar situations throughout the NBA because they have so – I think that it's like, what, 50-plus in cap space? 52 million, the most in the NBA. So you just know that we're going to be players in the free agency realm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think moving forward, um, in terms of, I mean, in terms of the draft, also um, that kid Primo, who went to the Spurs, at, at, that was a big surprise. You and me and and our buddy Sebastian, we were all like scratching our heads and like, what is San Antonio doing here? I yeah. mean, you could they could have definitely used one of the two Knicks picks for that one. Exactly. Like they could have went from 12 to 19 and 21. They could have taken Primo in 19 or 21, most likely. And I, I don't get what they were doing there. There are some reports now that, like, the Spurs were worried that the Thunder were going to take Primo at, like, 16 with that Celtic pick they had. But who knows? Who knows how any of these things go? And, you know, they do deserve the benefit of the doubt until he comes in and can't play. And then you're like, oh, yeah. wait, you know. Oh. Also, a closing thought on the NBA draft, and I think we should move on to the free agency yeah. stuff. The Houston Rockets did a solid job, I think. I did. I really liked what they did. They had four first-round picks. They used them on some pretty high-level, you know, talent who could be pretty good. The Sengun kid, I've heard, is kind of like the NBA writer's dream guy. And, like, 
I've heard so many good things from so many different people about him. Obviously, you get Jalen Green number two. I give them credit because we had the debate about do you take the franchise big man or do you take the two guard? They took the two guard. I think that was the right choice, and we'll see how it goes. But um, last thing for the NBA draft, Chris, Russell Westbrook traded on draft night yet again. He's on his, you know, what what is this, his fourth team in, in four years with the Thunder, the Rockets, then, uh, then the Wizards, and now the Lakers. And, Chris, like, if they didn't – if the Lakers didn't have a deal done for Buddy Heald a few minutes earlier and then – ditch that to go for Russell Westbrook. I would like this a lot better. I just think Buddy is such a better fit for this Laker team that just desperately, desperately needs spacing and shooting. Instead, they get Westbrook, who is a all-star player, right? But he's not going to be something that could solve their problems. I mean, imagine having KCP and Buddy Yield on the wings in a pick and roll with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. That sounds a lot better than what they're going to have now, which is all three of those guys trying to go to the rim. Now you have whoever's guarding Russell Westbrook guarding LeBron or Anthony Davis, and who knows if they can even complete the lob anymore. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, too, it's like so much money will be tied up to, to Russ, LeBron, and Anthony Davis that how are you really going to shore up this roster with good enough players? But, you know, I guess there is an appeal to, to playing with LeBron and Anthony Davis and Russell, so maybe that won't be as hard as I think it will. I don't think it's going to be super tough, Chris, because they do have bird rights on Taylor Horton Tucker, so they can go give him 18 to $20 million a year and be way over the cap. I don't know if that's the kind of salary they can stomach, but I well, think he's should, getting that somewhere. You should be his agent. <laughs> I think he's getting it somewhere. I really do. You really think he's that good? I don't know if he's that good, but I, I've heard it from too many people that this is the kind of contract he's going to command. He's one of those guys that showed flashes of being a legit starting player in this league. And to pry him away, you're going to have to, you're going to have to pay big bucks. So I'd be surprised if he had a contract that was less than $15 million a year and the Lakers can go give it to him because they have his bird, right? So they can go over the cap to do it. And, you know, you already heard rumblings, a guy like DeRozan might take less money to go there. Right. I don't think that happens, but at the same time, there will be players there who can replace a KCP and a Kyle Kuzma there. It's just going to be, were they better off going with the shooter and Buddy Heald, which I think the answer is yes. All right. In that case, uh, let's move on to, to, to the Knicks free agency plans. You know, there are a lot of different players that we think could fit this, this team well. I think at the top of the list, the one thing we both agree on is that we need a veteran point guard that can help offload the creation of offense, you know, between RJ and like, and Randall, you know, a lot of the problems that we saw in the playoffs were that, you know, they just crowded Randall and made it very difficult to initiate the offense and really spread the ball. And I think a point guard, an actual good point guard that can do more than just play defense could do wonders here. So you tell me, who are the top three targets that you're thinking that the Knicks should go after? Yeah. I mean, I like Spencer Dinwiddie. I think he's a guy if healthy is the best option for the Knicks. I just don't know if he's healthy An ACL surgery usually is a full year, right? We just saw it take almost twice that amount of time with our guy, Chris Daps Porzingis. Now it's like, 
what do you do? He's seven months out of surgery now, or seven, eight months out of surgery. Is he even going to be ready for the season? I have not heard one definitive thing or another. You know, we, we saw the report a few weeks ago that he would have played in the finals if healthy. I mean, if, uh, if the Brooklyn Nets got there, but that was shot down. I don't really know what the deal is with, with his health, but I'm willing to make that a $20 million a year gamble if it's on a short-term deal. I like that deal a lot better on a short-term deal. It's simply because of the reasons that you said, but also he, I, you know, I kind of want to see what he can give us on a, you know, with him being the man and having the reins of the offense. Like, I'm just so curious to see what that looks like with him because, you know, part of, I really like what the Brooklyn Nets were building a few years ago before they had, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in part because of how gritty Spencer Dinwiddie was like, you know, this is a guy who, you know, made his way up and, and, and essentially was a de facto starter whenever one of the Nets starting point guards went out. So I, I love him on the Knicks. Uh, He's a guy I would not rule out for the Wizards. I think that's a team that's cleared a lot of cap room with the Russell Westbrook trade. They're looking for a point guard. They're looking to find guys around Bradley Beal. I think they're a team that could spend big money on a guy like uh, Dinwiddie. Yeah, and I also like Kyle Lowry on the Knicks as well. Uh, There's a lot of rumors of him also going to Miami and potentially DeMar DeRozan joining him there. Mike Connolly, as we, we we talked about, um, likely is heading to Utah. So, if if I'm the Knicks, those those let's say those guys are off the board. Who who do you have your eye on as well? Uh, to me, the most polarizing guy is Lonzo Ball. Right, he's a guy who I think fits this timeline where the Knicks are building a lot better than people think. Like he's in between the ages of Barrett. And Randall, he's a point guard who can run an offense, which is something I've been screaming they need for what is our – we're going on our fifth season here so pretty soon, Chris. I've been yelling about it ever since then, my friend. So I like that. The problem with Lonzo is, one, you're going to have to pay him $20 million a year for a guy who is not really a finished product. You know, we've seen him shoot the ball well at times. We've seen him look like he can't shoot at all at times. But the issue with him is you're going to have to pay him $20 million a year as a restricted free agent. The Pelicans are going to have two full days to match. So if you offer him, let's say, four years, $85 million, that money is tied up as if the Knicks signed him, which is going to make it a lot harder to do other deals for two full days. And then the Pelicans can be like, well, we'll match it. And then all of a sudden, most of the free agents are off the board and the Knicks are left with nothing and $50 million. $52 million burning the hole in their, in their wallets. So it's going to be really tough to balance one, should they go after Lonzo? And two, when should they go after Lonzo? Because you have to time it where if you lose out on Lonzo Ball, it does not cost you everyone, which is a scenario that could happen. I also like Lonzo Ball a lot too. I think sometimes expectations are, are really heavy and could really impact your perception of a player. Lonzo Ball is a fine player. Is he a star player? No. But he may not need to be on a team like the Knicks. He could be a really excellent player, and I think that's what we could potentially get from him if if we end up signing him. And he's had two good years of three-point shooting. So 
I'd welcome the addition of, of Lonzo Ball in the Knicks. It's just a matter of whether he's going to be too expensive, as you, as you duly noted. Um, and I hope we also sign, re-sign someone like New Orleans Noel and Derek Rose. I think we're probably going to move on from Burks. That's too bad. I really liked him. He was one of those guys where he was that third scorer a lot, especially you saw it in the playoffs, right? The, the game they won, he went off. And I don't think he's a guy who's really going to break the bank either. I think you can get him back two years, 18 million bucks. And I think he's going to go to a contender and really help them out as a really solid sixth or seventh guy on a roster. Uh, it's too bad because I think he's really, you know, somebody who I think the Knicks should prioritize because they're, they need the scoring. We keep making it seem like this offense is fine. This was one of the worst offenses in the sport last year before the playoffs. And then the playoffs, they fell off a cliff. So I would try to prioritize bringing him back. I understand they just added two guys, you know, in guard positions in this draft who are going to eat some of his minutes. But I would, I would try to make him and, uh, and Rose and Noel priorities in addition to trying to go find that franchise point guard. Yeah, and I think we'll see a lot of the clouds, you know, a lot of the dust, I should say, settle after the first day of free agency and, you know, the first – top tier free agents being signed. Um, and I know there's one suggestion that you really feel passionate about. With the Knicks? Yeah, for the Knicks. Yeah, I mean, one other guy I would say is, uh, he's not a big time name, right? But uh, how about Malik Monk? He's a guy who Charlotte did not do the qualifying offer on, so he's not a restricted free agent, meaning you can sign him to whatever number you want. You don't have to wait the two days. I think he's a guy who's going to have a pretty nice market as a really good bench scorer. And again, if you're not going to go sign Burks, this is going to be the replacement. One sneaky ad for me is Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, that would be a lot. If he had me talking about Malik Monk and Kawhi Leonard. He uh, declined his, uh, his uh, player option, obviously. You know, that was expected. He's going to probably go back to the Clippers on a Supermax contract. Same thing with uh, Chris Paul declines his, you know, $44 million player option to go get a long-term deal. Probably in Phoenix, we'll have to wait and see on those two things. Obviously. If one of those two guys decides, no, nah, I'm going to go to New York instead, we will be back to discuss that immediately. I just want to drop one quick name out there that I, I kind of like. Um, Otto Porter. I think uh, he's another like wing type that we could use on this team. Um, who could have three-point shooting, something that we desperately need. Um, I could yeah. see him signing a minimum deal in the Lakers. That's where I see, see going for him. Yeah, I mean – a guy like that could fit anywhere. So if he's healthy, I mean, he hasn't really been healthy in a couple of years. His contract has been used to just make other deals work the last couple of years. So it'll be interesting to see. He's not old. So it'll be interesting to see if he's finally healthy and can get a, uh, get something going there. Agreed there. So let's move on to free agency around the league. Uh, Kawhi Leonard and Chris Paul, as you said, um, you know, they declined their team options. So uh, is the assumption that they're going to stay where they are? Yeah. Like I said, like, I, I think there's not a lot of movement at the top. You know, Conley, I think, is going back to Utah. I think Kawhi is going back to the Clippers. Uh, Chris Paul probably going back to Phoenix. The one guy I think who's big is going to move is Kyle Lowry. It does not seem as if the Raptors are showing intent to sign him to a long-term deal. You've heard the Miami Heat. I think they're the favorites. Uh, New Orleans is desperate to get into this playoff push, and they kind of view Lowry 
as a guy who can kind of get them to what Phoenix did with Chris Paul, I think that's kind of a pipe dream because I think Phoenix had more talent that fit around a big point guard than the, than the New Orleans Pelicans do, but they really just want to get Zion happy and stop these articles from coming out that he wants to leave to go to the Knicks. So it'll be interesting to see if they can throw enough money at Lowry to make that work. And if they do, does that mean they rescind a qualifying offer to Lonzo Ball, making him unrestricted, and then the Knicks can go wild? And I think uh, Lonzo Ball is going to be either a New York Knick, I think he's, or a Chicago Bull, or he goes back to New Orleans, which I think New Orleans is the least likely of those three scenarios. Yeah, it doesn't seem like the Pelicans are in a situation where, like, people want to stay. Um, and even though Lonzo – it seemed to me like Lonzo and, and, and Zion were on a – were getting better as the season, like, you know, was concluding. But, it, I don't know, something's off there. And who knows, maybe without Stan Van Gunny, maybe the situation's a little bit more appealing. But listen, I think Lonzo's best fit would probably be with Chicago. Yeah, I mean, the Bulls are just a weird team where it's like they have a lot of really good pieces that other teams would want. It just they haven't worked well together. And does a guy like Lonzo Ball, does he just fit into that group as another guy who's a pretty good young player, but you're not really sure if he impacts winning? Or is he the, really the glue that will make that thing work? I'm curious to see. I think the Bulls are, are curious to try that out. And with Levine hitting free agency in a year, they're really trying to build something around him before it's too late. And I'd be surprised if they didn't go hard after Lonzo Ball. And I think Lonzo Ball would be a good fit there too, as you said. Yeah, and it remains to be seen. Um, and I think the other thing to keep in mind as as we head into the free agency, like, I think the part that I'm most concerned about is is the Knicks not making enough moves here. Like you've been creating this space, you've been doing a bunch of things in order for you to be put, placed in a position uh, to do this. And I'm not I, I'm not saying that you should just do a move to make a move, but at, le- at the very least, be aggressive. And take well, they're a- going to have to be because there's a salary floor, right? So they're going to have to do something pretty big. For sure, I'm just saying I hope that whatever that move ends up being, it moves the team forward and doesn't, like, hold them back. Like, don't sign a player just to sign a player. And if you have to take on a bad contract, you know, you know, hopefully it brings some good picks and whatnot. So Yeah, using I'm, that cap space as a weapon would be smart. We've been saying it for, again, five seasons on this show. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, Chris, let's get to our final thoughts right after this. Okay, Chris, final thoughts time here. We mentioned the Summer League begins August 8th. Excited to see that. The Knicks, sadly, do not make an, a qualifying offer to your guy, French Frank. His time with the team is likely done. Kevin Knox, now the longest tenured New York Knicks. And what's crazy about Kevin Knox in comparison to Frank Nikina, like, what is the one skill that Kevin Knox does well. Hitting long, weird rainbow threes that always look like they have no chance of going in, and then they go in. <laughs> I mean, listen, I mean, whatever, wherever Team Frank goes, it's meant to be, and, like, 
it sucks that it didn't work out in New York and like, you know, his defense will be appreciated somewhere else. We'll see. I mean, that team might be in France, but we will uh, wait and see on that. I hope he finds some success somewhere, but. Uh, Do you though? Do you hope he finds success? I just, I'm tired of hearing Nick fans clamoring for this guy when he has not shown any offensive skill in four years. It's not a guy who's been here for a couple of weeks in four years, Chris. And it just didn't work out. Let it out. Let it out. Are you carrying resentment toward Frank? No, I'm not carrying resentment towards any New York Nick. I want them all to succeed. I I would have loved to see Frank Milakina holding up the uh, NBA Finals trophy for sure. But that's not going to happen, not in this lifetime or this reality. And uh, that is going to do it for us here on the All Hoops Podcast. We will be back in a couple of days to recap NBA free agency. It's going to go very quick. So stay on Twitter, enjoy, enjoy the, uh, the trades and free agents, and hopefully we can see some big moves for the New York Knicks. Yeah, bye, everyone. And go Knicks. Let's go Knicks.